0: Okay, okay, we are live. We are live. Sabaha, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. And I need to get used to saying this. Welcome back to another episode of the Android Bay. It is episode 101 on December 18th, 2021. Um, Can't believe it, but the year is almost over. We're pretty much over halfway through December and CES is literally within two weeks from now. So there's a lot of things coming up in the near future. And of course, uh, the next couple of weeks, obviously going to be a little bit more of a slow run. I would say more of a lull, uh, but it should still be exciting because we're getting ready. We're hearing a lot of rumors and uh, I'm starting to get a lot of emails and a lot of bombarding emails (laughs) basically with events, announcements and so on going on at CES since I plan to be there and provide you guys some coverage on there um first and foremost obviously this is the home or the new home of the android bay podcast so if you guys are coming in for the first time welcome welcome and uh the channel is actually doing pretty well we were able to cross 100 um well 100 subscribers last week um getting us the ability of actually getting the custom url so now from now on if you ever want to look it up it is www.youtube.com forward slash the bay uh and of course the androidbay.com is also forwarding back to the tech bay which is my old episode my old channel either way um, I see we have a few of our friends with us. Finn Jacobs is in there with us as well. Let me just re, realign here. For some reason, my my uh, screens weren't aligned correctly. Uh, Greg hanging out with us as well. Uh, and WC, XLR 8 good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm actually doing well. It is Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning still is the time. I am also, oh, it's more of a little bit of an update as well. The podcast or the video version of the podcast is going to be going up a little bit earlier um, next week as well. So the goal is to try to have it at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, which is about an hour and a half earlier than when the original show was going on. Um, but it's mostly so that it were roughly done around the 1030 mark in the morning. Uh, and today couldn't make it in time. A little bit of a housekeeping kit kind of to take care of some things in there. Uh Jimmy Fire Dragons in there. Greg, hey Jimmy, going hope you're doing well. Um It's been an interesting week Uh, i'll I'll say this it hasn't been a very busy week but it pretty much for me at least has been dominated with uh, a couple of things first is uh the opal find n which i am seriously trying the hardest to get my hands on one um and it seems like everybody well okay it seems like many youtube uh many content creators and news outlets in the u.s received units for review. Uh, and I haven't been able to reach somebody at, at OPPO to see if I can get my hands on one, at least even if it is a temporary time, so that I can check it out. So maybe they'll have something at CES. I don't know if OPPO uh, typically goes there. But that's been one of the two primary things running on. And then the other thing has been uh, an ever so, um, I don't know how to say this, an ever so eluding Android 12 L or December update for our Pixel smartphones has been somewhat of a challenge going on. On Thursday, uh, with the best of our week, Juan Carlos and myself talked about this subject. And uh, there's a little bit of a few more things that we can talk about. So first and foremost, I'm going to walk through or at least give you guys the explanation or the simple explanation of how to be able to get the December update on your Pixel if you live in the U.S. and you just haven't received your update yet. Something to keep in mind. and then, of course, uh, you know, hope you guys are still excited about the uh, the, uh, the actual giveaway that we're doing. Now, the giveaway is going to be going on for a brand new Realme GT Neo 2. Not this one specifically, the one I posted over the picture on Instagram, as well as the one I showcased last week during the podcast. That podcast or that giveaway period is literally at about the halfway mark. Um, it's supposed to go all the way till next Saturday. But as you know, with Christmas Day, I'm not going to try to intrude on anybody's Christmas Day celebration, especially across the world since... We have people watching the show from many different parts of the world. Um, So the show, or at least next week's episode, is going to be going up on the 24th in the morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So only for next week and primarily because of that transition time, uh, we're going to do it then. Um, And I think that works out best because then it kind of works out as a gift for whomever ends up becoming the winner. Uh, the entry method for this is pretty straightforward. Uh, there's two videos that are going to be covering this because that's part of the entry. So the last episode from last Saturday, which essentially was episode 100, this being episode 101, those are the two videos that you have the ability of entering in there. So you can leave comments on this video, comments on that video. And of course, uh, at the end on or during the show next week, we're going to be pulling an, uh, a winner. I'm going to aggregate everybody's comments. Up till the morning of, so about maybe eight o'clock in the morning, right before the show a- a- airs. And as soon as I make my list, there we're going to aggregate it, we're going to generate a random number, and somebody's going to win. It's super simple, super easy. Um, all I need from you guys is a comment. If you'd like to subscribe and follow the channel, it does help the channel, and of course it helps us get to the goal of hopefully getting it monetized. But um, the main goal is to basically allow us to be able to share with you guys, and you guys get the updates on when the new shows are going to go live. Um, In this episode, we're also going to be talking about a specific subject that I posted a video about one of the parts. Um, And this is basically what we're talking about here, about the OnePlus Bud Z2. Hopefully you guys can see that right there. So the Z2 were just announced in the U.S. market uh, a couple of days ago. And the biggest thing about them is the fact that they've upgraded so much over the original Z series that we've seen from them. That they're and also they're priced very well, comparable to some of the other options on the market, about ninety nine dollars in the U. S. And I feel like that's actually a very good solution um, by comparison to what we have here with the Buds Plus, which are also offered by by OnePlus, but offer a slightly different experience. So we'll definitely get a chance to to jump on that. Okay, so Antas Papo, from here. Okay, uh, TK. Once I was excited about the xenon flash, <laughs> man. That's, that was something. 3D displays and uh, built-in video prote- uh, protectors. Now starting to lose the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, the IR blaster, fingerprint sensors on the back, face unlock, chargers, SD cards. Such such a waste of potential. The advancements of tech has had a very interesting shift within the last few years, and and we all know roughly what kind of started the shift. But essentially, yes the more the device cost, the less you typically are going, to, are going to get. And this is something also very interesting. Um, it's also something that we need to keep in mind that we're also noticing at least at the, in, this is primarily maybe focused on the US market, but we're starting to see that the US market is, is losing its pace as a launch market. In the past, the biggest thing that we've always had is that the US always got some of the main biggest uh, well-known devices. And of course we saw a lot of big focus on that. And then of course it releases in other markets later. And as time has been going on, and at least if nothing else, when we start looking at specifically this device, this is the Xperia 1 Mark III, and of course what we saw with the Xperia 5 uh, Mark III and all so on, the U.S. is becoming more and more, at least from Sony's perspective, a third market, a third target market to focus on, as their sales are not being focused there, an Asia market being primarily the first. Which I feel like for, to a certain point, it's always been the first in specific market and brands. But as far as like the big market, like for me, when I think of Sony, Sony is a big uh, name in TVs, entertainment and so on. Mobile devices, maybe not as much in the U.S. They're making progress there, but it's something to keep in mind. But as far as what you were talking about that, um, Atanas, is uh, it's, uh, Atna, uh, yeah, Atanas, um, the concern is is moving in this direction. I mean, remember there was a, I think if it were, was it Vivo that put out the phone one time at CES. It was a concept phone, and it essentially was a phone that had no buttons. It was it was just a display, a charging port, and there was no buttons, and everything was touch sensitive. Huawei tried to put that out also on one of their Mate designs, and they kind of back backtracked from there. But the long story short is, it seems to be more of an ever ever disappearing features. Sony to this day, and the reason I was using them as an example is one of the only companies that has kept those features the headphone jack that you're talking about the sd card option the fingerprint sensor that's mounted on the side as opposed to having it on the back but it's still a secondary fingerprint sensor that's present there Um, no ir blaster there but i think xiaomi is going to be basically keeping that that flag going on because xiaomi for the most part has not only doubled but tripled a on that one and i think it's a good feature for them but it is something that we're losing and it's something that we need to be concerned as time goes on what do we do as far as wanting to be able to either bring these features back or do we basically wait till another device or an oem decides to follow or feed into that uh, that market it's a little bit hard Um, wireless solutions have been getting better over time i mean qualcomm's uh, snapdragon sound has been one of the biggest things that out of the Qualcomm Summit that I found very exciting, on top of the fact, obviously, you know, the latest and greatest SoC, GPU, all that good stuff, is the sound implementation. Qualcomm has basically put a very big emphasis into Qualcomm's as the Snapdragon sound experience, providing us lossless audio at forty-four kilohertz and sixteen bit. That's a very nice uh of course with supported devices uh bluetooth le for broadcast experience having one device broadcast to multiple uh, devices in a room and being able to share an experience together that's also very nice uh, but also the ability of providing us better audio uh you know like aptex uh, audio aptX lossless as well uh, with the audio that we were talking about so a big focus from qualcomm this year on audio and those are some of the things that we need to kind of keep in mind it's basically a push Everything and anything is basically releasing um, either a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, so something that you could use um, like a Helm bolt, something very easily p- plugged into a portable USB DAC, or wireless. And we'll have to see how new new generation or new software kind of comes in there. Let me see here. I think I kind of missed, missed a couple more co- comments in there. Uh, foldables are still, are still not my thing. Too many compromises. <laughs> you got this. Um, so when it comes to foldables, I think foldable smartphones are not at the point where are, they're normalized. Samsung has a key on it in the US right now. The Z Flip 3 under $1,000 by a by dollar or something, but with the trade-in you're able to get it somewhere around close to five dollars to $600 is the main thing that's gonna make foldables more prominent, more accessible, more available. And that's what's gonna happen in 2022. It's not the 2021 year that's gonna be the biggest thing. We have more competition now. We have Oppo, we have Xiaomi, we have OnePlus. No, I'm sorry, did I say OnePlus? We'll get into that conversation. We have uh, Oppo, Xiaomi, we have uh, obviously Samsung. We also have uh, Huawei jumping in on the clamshell design. So, and of course, Motorola, we can't forget Motorola in there. And then there's other brands as well that have been there. But the concern is they're all still considered to be top tier, top experiences, very expensive devices. So when does that happen? When does it become something that you consider and you're like, okay, you know what? I like this phone. I like the fact that it's a foldable. I like the fact that it's a Sony. It's a 4K display. Those are things that are going to need to come. Will Sony jump on that bad It's yet to be determined. But what I mean to say is, TCL has teased us with something. We had LG, and that unfortunately no longer going to be seen. that. Oppo's not had a, a concept with the Oppo. Uh, I think it was the. I want to call it the, uh, the Oppo X 2021, which was essentially a just a demo that was going around with the Oppo uh, PR agencies um and then of course we now have to find n that is released or is going to be released in the uh, chinese market only but Oppo wants people to talk about it so they've actually seeded it out to a lot of uh, creators outside of the chinese market so long story short while it may not be our cup of tea yet still for me the flip is something that i just don't enjoy using Uh, the fold is more of my uh, my jam kind of a thing because it just fits into what I think a foldable should do. And that gives me more real estate, more more ergonomics, uh, more functional space for me to be able to enjoy my content on a device, as opposed to having a device that at its best is still trying to m- match what we have with the glowing rectangle that we have right now. So for me, the Flip doesn't fit. If you want a phone that is very tiny, that becomes a regular phone, then of course, more power to you. And I, and I mean, I still think the Flip is going to do great. It's just not going to be something I enjoy re- using yet. Um, let me see here da, da, da. okay uh, Finn Jacobs is jumping. It seems to me that um, that the chi- uh, that China's primary uh, the primary focus for example for cyberpunk AT, absolutely uh, the 9 RT, the opal find N and then the Z-fold 2 and three. It's something that I think a lot of people are not noticing or not paying attention to. I think the shift has started. And, and I think Finn has a perfect example with that. The Cyberpunk edition that was released, not this year, but even I think it was at the end of 2019, um, it was around the, well, I'll say it back. The Cyberpunk edition, it was actually released to the last T-series, um, well, actually end of 2020. I take that back. Um, it was the last a- uh, T-series from from OnePlus in the US. So they shifted that one out. Uh, we saw that also, also it came out in China. It worked in the US, but it was intended there. The Oppo Find N is intended for the Chinese market. Sony's releasing their phones literally the uh, the Xperia One Mark III, the Xperia Five Mark III. I'm not sure about the Pro I. That one uh, is a little bit m- much more expensive. But the Xperia Pro was selling out in China very fast. So the question becomes is when does the U.S. start? I mean, when do we, as far as creators and so on, that when we have access to certain devices? Um, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because when a phone is released in the, in China and in Europe before it comes to the U.S. Typically, U.S. and uh, the U.S. media or the U.S. PR agencies for those companies don't have access to these devices. So by the time we get the device, it's such a long time, or a, um, I guess a, a late conversation. You show up late to the conversation, you're catching it at the end, kind of a thing. That it becomes a little bit almost uh, counterproductive for uh, creators to kind of work on it, except if companies like right now with what Oppo is doing, being it is released in China and China only, and but they're con- you know they're seeding it out to some creators. But the fact that is, we need to keep in mind that the, uh, the economics of release of devices, the markets of purchasing power are shifting. The US for some reason has a love relationship between Sam Apple and for that matter, Samsung and Apple rule release devices here till, till, that, till that conversation changes when it comes down to their flagships. But we're starting to see other brands, other companies, with the exception of Pixel, of course, since they're based out of the US, starting to shift, right? OPPO. One of the other things that I think I read this article saying that they were shifting away from Qualcomm as their primary source or as primary SOC to a Dimensity chipset from uh, from MediaTek for their next Find X series. That's a big move. Oppo's doing a lot of different changes. Their new NPU configuration at, at uh, Eno Day that they are talked about is a new architecture for better HDR video processing on the new Snapdragon. Uh, sorry, on the new uh, Find X series. If it's going to be powered by MediaTek, that's a big change. Big change to going over with obviously since the Dimensity 9000 is a direct competitor to the 8 Gen 1, being they're both both based on the same architecture, slightly different configuration when it comes down to GPU and memory, but to a certain point there are some things to be, to like about the Dimensity 9000. That's a big move from MediaTek to start going head strong with that. OnePlus as a company has always used uh, MediaTek as well as Qualcomm. OPPO does the same thing. Samsung, not as much, but Motorola is starting to look into that as well. Some of the major manufacturers in the uh, Asian market have used MediaTek for quite some time because of the cost savings. So it's definitely going to be very interesting. Uh, Dominique Juan, good morning. Sabaho hope you're doing well. Uh, actually, good evening, my friend. I'm hoping you guys are doing well. We are still going through... I would say that that cold front that we're going through here Hmm. and um, not as much rain today, but we did have some good dousing over the week, uh, which kept it a little bit interesting for us here. Um, So, Dominic, I think you have a good point. It is software support. The biggest concern right now, well, not concern. The biggest limitation when you get a device that's made for a different market and you review it in this market first, the example would be the Find N. The Find N isn't designed for the US market. It's not designed with Google Play services. So for everybody that's been putting out videos on it, they're primarily showcasing a mechanical uh, expression. Uh, The design of the device is unique and it is very functional. I personally think the Find N is the right combination uh, for what a foldable should be, uh, for when a device can actually do more. It's literally almost as if uh, the Fold 3 and the Duo 2 had a baby, and that was the find end. Uh, the reason I say this is the form factor is it's shorter, wider than the Fold 3, but it's also somewhat what the uh, what the Duo 2 does, and it give us that uh, that tablet experience when you open it up. You get that landscape tablet uh, view of your system. Now, it still doesn't match the Duo with the dual functionality on that, but I we have to. I mean, actually, I'll take that back. I need to get my hands on one to be able to experience it. But the short version of it is the experience that this is intended for is the asian market this is intended for china which by the way it's more than likely if you haven't heard yet has been selling like hotcakes they announced uh, smart glasses um a la you know snappable on the right side it, it's obviously an interesting demo there but the the information that they released at Eno Day were very specific and very technology pushing forward that mpu on the find x new find x4 or find x4 pro is going to be something of a big game changer especially for video and to see what oppo does and what oneplus copies from this is why i'm, I'm mentioning this um with the oneplus 8 pro with the oneplus 9 pro the find x2 and the find x uh find 3 for the most part were almost like very close uh, brothers and sisters as far as when it came to design and aesthetic with the exception of the software which now technically has been remedied because color os is the base it's very, very much interesting to see. Here. So if Oppo is going to use Dimensity 9000 for, or the Dimensity chipset for their X-Series, does that mean that OnePlus is going to be shifting over and now we're going to be having a Dimensity 9000 running on a flagship in the US? Is that possible that OnePlus will follow that, that suit? With the exception of the fact that, I mean, we, we're noticing that they're following for the last three years that, that much of an experience. So I'm interested to see how that experience comes out. We haven't heard, obviously, anything about the OnePlus 10. Um, I think the most thing that we've seen is some renders, some leaks, but like a couple of months back on that. But OPPO's announcement makes me wonder how OPPO, or at least how OnePlus is to the U.S. market. And is it going to be, this is going to be the device where MediaTek and the Dimensity 9000 comes into the U.S. market on a flagship smartphone. It's a big, I mean, I'm, I know I'm, I'm drawing very wiggly lines. There's a very good, there is a possibility there that, to be able to see how that goes. Um, Okay, I think I this to me. The uh, TK, I think the problem in the U.S. is most people still okay. Um, I think uh, so. TK, sorry, Dominic is coming back with uh, TK. I think the most problem in the U.S. is most people still buy phones from carriers. This is very unusual uh, in the rest of the world, and I agree with you. Um, now, don't get me wrong, in the EU, or at least in um, in Europe, in the EU, and in the UK, there are carriers, but there are people still able to buy devices directly from like Amazon and so on. And there's a norm there that you don't have to go to e, uh, you know, EE or go over to 3 to be able to pick up a device. You can pick it up directly from any carrier, and it's unlocked. It works. In the US, we have that monopoly kind of experience because the generational upgrade over time, most people like to see at least the, the norm in the US. They want to be able to see what the phone looks like, feel it in their hand before they buy it. Um, I'm not going to deny that um, back at the day of, what is it called? The original Nexus, actually. The Nexus One was the first phone I bought without ever actually seeing it in person. I decided to buy it. Obviously, it's an Android smartphone. I still have one right now, not the original one, but I bought another one. And for me, that was the first phone that I had purchased sight unseen. I've seen videos, I've seen uh, you know images and so on. But for me, it was, a, it was an experience that I felt like I wanted to take that leap. The price was right, I was able to do it. In the US, we are starting to see that experience. OnePlus does sell devices on their website. Samsung sells devices on their website as well, um, as well as Google. Google doesn't necessarily just sell their devices at carriers but most people still don't experience that. They don't know that OnePlus has their own website to be able to buy devices from them and uh, that they run actually some better uh, you know, discounts sometimes than what you get from the carrier. Also, the devices from OnePlus are unlocked and they have dual SIM support where the carriers, specifically for OnePlus devices, are actually a modified version with a single SIM support. And then of course, updates that go through with additional, I'm not gonna say bloat, but additional um, carrier specific applications, AKA bloat but I, I'm with you it, it is very much a carrier based experience and I think a lot of us it takes it's been a hard time for me to help and guide my family and guide everybody that I talk to to try to do the right decision and pick up the devices uh, from the best place that you can because when you finance it when you get it through a carrier there's going to be payments there's gonna be taxes there's are gonna be things it's not it's not always a uh, you know rosy and everything on the other end but it does help a little bit with pricing uh and, and what we've had in the past uh, let me see here. Hey, Fat Produce. Andrew's in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Even in the U.S., we have issues with software support. I couldn't update my v- my V60 unless I had an active AT&T SIM card inside of it, since it was a Cricket Wireless, and I was out of luck. It is one of those really weird um, agreements which sometimes companies do for OEMs, and it's it's like a at, at the you find out all the details or the juicy details of the negotiation when you get to be the customer for the company. Because you get to see what comes in, what doesn't come in. Why does it take forever for an update to come out? Or if it does come out, you're right. Whereas specifically AT&T, for most of their devices, they do make it a requirement that you have an active AT&T SIM and it has to um, validate with the server before you're able to update it. I was talking to, uh, I don't know if Chemi ever jumps in the chat today or not, uh, but he was having the same problem when he purchased an AT&T locked device. Uh, It just doesn't work. Even if you unlock it, it still needs an active SIM. So I'm with you, software update has been a very big, one of the reasons why I love Pixels is because of the software update. It's because we get to get that update straight from the source, we get it straight from Google. We don't have to wait for insert company name XYZ to get that update pushed out or um, where you are. But I love how that, that conversation keeps shifting over. We'll talk a little bit more. I wanna actually talk to you guys a little bit about that Android 12 December update, this infamous update that seems to be somewhat eluding the US market. I know in Europe, most of the creators that have have Pixels have already received it. Um, In the US, there's actually multiple versions available for it. So we've definitely got a chance to talk about that. Um, Oh man, okay, we're, Okay, Jimmy Fire Dragon, I think you guys, Dominic One, you guys are talking about specific oh oh, oh man, the Omicron variant. That's gonna be bad. Karum dos <laughs> uh, at work, <laughs> but listening in the background. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. No, I always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Okay. Oh, Joe's in the chat. Hey, man, Purely Pixel. Good morning. Hope, hope, good evening, man. Hope you're doing well. On my way home uh, from work again. <laughs> hope you had a good week. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting week. Um, a lot of changes kind of going in for me. Uh, so fa- yeah, Andrew Wallace, of course. Hashtag factory unlocked phones for life. The updates when you get them from the OEM, that's the biggest benefit when you get an unlocked device. It's. Um, it's I know I, I realize that it's sometimes... It, I'll take that back. When a phone is sold by a company in a market in an unlocked form, it's pretty much exactly as the phone that you're gonna be picking up from the carrier, uh, like insert carrier name, with the exception of it actually have better support for band uh, for band support, maybe not ultra, uh, ultra wide band because Verizon seems to be very specific about that. And they have enough power to backtrack that into a, a general unlocked model. But I, I'm with you, unlocked models usually are much better because you get the updates directly from the company. Uh, It may not be the first, because again, Samsung does these relationship uh, agreements, uh, but you will end up getting it directly, and you don't have as much um, issues with activated SIM cards and so on. There's just no network lock, and for the most part, it's the same price. There's really no big difference as far as cost, unless you want to get it financed, which again, Samsung insert any company that you're buying it from is more than willing to help. So it's not an installment plan issue. It's more about awareness and people knowing where things are. Hey, Dom. Uh, TK hasn't gotten around to it, uh, but it, it. But to be fair, I haven't been around. Oh, dude. Uh, okay. So, uh, Joe, do me a favor. When you're done later on today or whenever you have a chance, just come back to this podcast and drop me a comment. That's the only way for me to make you an active um, admin for the comments. I was trying to... Um, sorry. I'll, we'll talk offline, but it's the simplest way is do me a favor, just drop a comment on this one. Um, not in the chat, but like after the video goes live, because it, it needs to be an active comment on the channel. And uh, we'll definitely take care of it. Um, I was able to get Aditya, thank you very much, of course, to Aditya and Matt Tyler to be able to help us out uh, moderating the channel as well um lazino hey man hope you're doing well uh v 60 conserving lg won't be updating it past december uh it's got an android 12 uh would you download would you download it since they since they won't be fixing it like what they did on android 11. i think i probably would recommend you doing it if you can do it as a fresh install if you're not going to be able to do a fresh install meaning you're going to need to upgrade and stay with whatever there's that middle area of I'm not sure how things are gonna be. There are some borked uh, updates that have been out there. I mean, Samsung pulled out uh, pulled the full three update back, and OnePlus pulled out the uh, OnePlus nine, sorry, the Oxygen OS 12 update that they did uh, because of issues. So I'm with you. It's it's one of those should I do it? Should I not do it? Especially with the update situation. I personally would recommend this. If Android 12 is something that is big on your mind, with the fact that you're not gonna be able to getting updates anymore. You may want to consider unlocking your uh, your your device before the time is over. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it it should be a few days left by the end of this year before the unlocking service that LG supported allows you to unlock the bootloader. Now, unlocking the bootloader doesn't mean that you need to basically wipe the device because you lose all your data. So back up all your content off the phone, unlock the bootloader, and update it to Android 12. Once you update it, make sure you do a reset on the phone so that it actually everything starts up fresh. So the update, everything goes in really clean. Everything goes in there. And if go ahead and upgrade in there. If you have any problems and you want to be able to get out of it, then it's an easy way to actually install a custom ROM from let's say over at XDA or something like that. If you don't and if you think that everything works fine, you could just stick with it and everything will work the way it was before. Uh, the bootloader only affects the ability of being able to unlock it later after this timeline is over with LG. Because once that crosses the time, it's going to be a little bit harder. So those are the two things I would recommend. If you're not wanting to do any kind of unlocking and ROMing or anything like that, the simplest thing you could do is back up your data, install to Android 12, reset the phone, make do a full reset of it, so you start fresh and reset up everything. And I think for the most part, most of your issues should be OK, the meaning gone or very minimal of anything on the V60. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a juggle situation. XDA's main purpose is to extend device's life, uh, lifespan. Why I actually started joining them and working with them was because of these things. So keep that in mind, keep that as something that you want to talk about, specifically with the V60, because I think it's a phone that will last at least another year or two, uh, with, provided you're able to get some good support for it. So. Uh, let me know what you think about that one, Donald. Uh, let me see here. Chemi, hey. <laughs> Chemi's in the chat. So we were talking about you a little bit earlier, about the you're trying to update your uh, at and smartphone on, and you needed an active stream, uh, SIM card in there. Um, Greg, always, always, hashtag straight from Google, as always, we want to keep it in there. Um, oh, I'm moving to a new place, so the street, uh, so, <laughs> so in the street right now. I wish you the best of time uh, with with the move, man. It's it's. I know it's always crazy going on. Well, with, with the... El Josa, hey man. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing great. Shemitar, sabaha, everybody. Uh, Dominic, anywhere. Finn. Okay. Uh, Pixel devices should be able, should be uh, made available in more countries. I tried introducing uh, Google Pixel, but two uh, from Germany, uh, but Google blocked my shipment every time, which is uh, which is even illegal under the EU regulation. I don't understand why they would do that i think you're right they should be able to just let you buy it from one country to another especially in the eu um region lock is a so google has had google does have a region lock conversation going on a little bit stronger uh specifically with features it's like it's not like you can't get the hardware at some point you can but not everything works the way it works in the market that it's supposed to be and it is very much a google focused experience because they don't support these pieces of hardware outside of the market that they sell them and they don't want people to try to import them or export them they want to be able to get into a market when they're ready and they want to be able to support it in that market so i'm not sure why the butts 2 would give you that situation i think it's more about i really don't i don't think i i'm not going to deny the fact but i see there are there's been some situations where i've had some of my friends that live in the middle east that try to purchase hardware from google's website or even from uh just ordering directly from the google store but having their orders being uh canceled or so on and i'm not sure what no reason or no rhyme or reason has been given um but you're right there should be better regulation about that or at least be more forthcoming at the end of the day though Pixel is becoming more available across more countries every year. I think as a brand, Google does not want to overstep. They don't want to basically go so far to basically become too separate. um, Well, not too separated, but I mean, um, present in so many markets that maybe they are not actually present or they're not physically able to support these devices. Keep in mind, you buy a piece of hardware from Google in, let's say, a market, and then you live in the Middle East, and that device breaks, you're going to have to pay the shipment back into the US from that market because Google won't cover that. And to a certain aspect, some of the features that are not working for you may not be supported, which means it won't actually be something that Google can even help you with. So keep that in mind, but I don't think it's right that we shouldn't be able to buy it, at least in the EU, because you guys are a lot more it's very much the, uh, should be a very much similar experience as being in the U.S. and from a different state. It, I, I realize the EU is different countries that are in the same uh, union, uh, but in the U.S. it's states, right? So if I buy something from Kansas, I don't see seem to think that there should be an issue there. Why should it be there when in the EU, where you can still mail it back for any service or anything, uh, especially in, in the European market, it's not that far. I realize it, it is quite a bit distance i'm just referencing it's not like shipping it from asia to back to the us for fixing it or something like that um thank you man thank you joe <laughs> always always appreciated. uh family all uh good thanks uh thanks now i'm going doing yours hope uh, shopping okay um yeah I'm, I'm a little bit behind on the shopping i need to i need to step up my game this week um can you use uh the lg up or lg updates so um i think the lg up and the lg update uh works to a certain point but i think the support may not be available um but i think uh donald's question was more with every phone that's received android 12 we've been hearing about bugs issues updates uh, update woes and so on he's concerned about do we want do i want to put myself into an android 12 build just so that I have Android 12, but I have more problems where I'm really comfortably sitting on Android 11 with the update that I have. I think it's more of a comfort and, and knowledge. And I think you have to kind of weigh that uh, that approach. Uh, getting Android 12 without getting any more updates is is uh, somewhat of a risky situation. I, I would probably say maybe wait, um, you know, because the update should still be available even if they're not making any more to, uh, updates to it and see what other people have on it. Um, actually, I may end up installing it on my, my V60 and see how that works. Uh, You're actually speaking while we're talking. Nope, that's not my V60. I got to find my V60. It's sitting here somewhere. I see. Okay, I'll have to find my V60. I I don't have it on my hand, uh, on me right now. uh, sorry, Andrew Sumpivac. I had tons of issues trying to unlock my V60 from at and at and kept saying that it was an LG uh, and LG was refusing to provide me with the unlocked code. I, I requested it, it several times. Yeah, at and is very big on... well they're not very big on unlocking or allowing people to unlock i unlocked my v60 on t-mobile very easily within a month of having it because the only thing requirements that t-mobile has is, is as long as you have an active account that hasn't had an unlocked request code within the last 30 days on the device and they register that the device is on the network with them they'll allow you to get the code and i unlocked it right away uh, but i'm with you yeah it's, it's really one of those interesting approaches Dan, Grounded Tech, good afternoon, my friend. Um, I installed uh, Battlefield 2042 early this morning, so I just need to get it set up and start playing. Um, it, it looks absolutely great. Um, I'm loving the fact, so I, I started playing Halo Infi- um, um, Infinite, Infinite, I think I want to say, uh, and um, I obviously Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, you know, all the different versions of Call of Duty. I'm a little bit, at the beginning, Call of Duty Vanguard was a little bit very I felt like it was Battlefield, uh, but more of a Battlefield-style game uh, brought over to Call of Duty because I couldn't use any of my guns and everything that was in the Vanguard uh, ecosystem was pretty much uh, from back in the day where uh, guns were basically very different, the ammo, all the you know, all the things were basically old school. And of course, with the new Pacific map that they just pushed out in uh, in Warzone, uh, they're also doing the same thing. You have to use Vanguard uh, ammo and equipment, which most of us don't uh, don't have, or if we don't, if we do have, they're not ranked up to the point where they're fully expanded. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, for sure, I definitely want to be able to hang out and maybe play some games. And I may end up picking up uh, Twenty Forty Two. I was hoping it was going to be on special, but uh, I didn't see anything on that yet. But we'll see. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, dual sim, dual country unlo- uh, unlocked only. Yeah, Mister. Mr. I, I, always. The situation is, even if you don't have, if a company is known for providing smartphones that are dual sim unlocked and dual dual, you know, the ability of using them in multiple countries, there's no reason why you'd want to buy a version of it that is single sim. Even if it supports eSIM, you still want to be able to put in that dual sim because if you travel, as as things are opening up and we're starting to travel again. Being able to pop in a local SIM from any country you go to has been basically my life saving. I land in the UK, I land in Europe, all I have to do is pick up a, a, like a, a 3 SIM card, prepaid SIM, Put it in there. Transfer the, my data uh, connectivity directly to that, so that all my data goes through there. But my calls still come through my primary SIM. That's the best experience for travel because you don't lose your functionality, and you're still able to send and receive messages um, over the internet if you have service that supports that on your smartphone. So there's been a few things that I really appreciate about that. Uh, but yeah, definitely dual SIM, always, always open. Uh, uh, why don't we? Why don't we uh, uh quad aim anymore? Uh, oh. I'm assuming you're talking about the quad DAC. Um, There's very few companies that are still putting out quad DACs. Uh, I mean, LG was the main. Um, Samsung is not even considering headphone jacks with good quality audio anymore. They're focusing more on wireless solution with their uh, acquisition of AKG. When we jump over on like Sony, Sony is putting in some good audio uh, experience, a good DAC built in there. Um, Surprisingly, ASUS has uh, brought back the headphone jack on the gaming phone, for the uh, obviously with the ROG Phone 5 that was a big move for them and I really appreciate that they're focusing on low latency for gamers because that's really a big experience there. Uh, OnePlus is pretty much in the same boat. They've taken it out. They're pretty much just not gonna happen there. But I feel like, again, as companies are moving on, they're focusing on more wireless solutions, no wired, but this is where I wanna talk a little bit about the OnePlus Bud Z 2 because that's one of their biggest thing they're trying to bring back is the low latency or a lower latency than other Bluetooth solutions on the market. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the pods uh, at the moment and can't type much. No, I, I, dude, I appreciate I appreciate hanging out with us. Thank you, man. Uh, Dominic, always hanging out there. Um, okay, uh, Dan, you've been watching the Xperia again since you five Mark two. Uh, you know, and yeah, speaking of the Xperia, the Xperia Five Mark Three is available in Europe and I think it's available in Asian markets. US still doesn't have anything, and we have two weeks left to, to December. So it's a little bit of a I feel like we're missing out on this again this is again my conversation of the I think the US market is slowly uh, falling behind the Asian and the European market when it comes down to smartphones where we've held that uh, that launch experience for quite some time especially with companies wanting to focus on experience um, and profits because that's really where it is it's where your whatever your sales are going the most that's where most people go for it So Android 12 on the OnePlus 8 shouldn't be an issue at all. I think Android, OnePlus 8, OnePlus 9, and of course the next generation shouldn't be any problem. And I think you were installing um, Android 12 or I think you were installing custom ROMs on, on your OnePlus 8. And I think it should be perfectly fine. Uh, as long as we have the right drivers, uh, support and that everything, you know, so basically, uh, when OnePlus officially releases Android 12 for the OnePlus plus eight, it should be available because the eight should receive at least three updates. So the eight should be, so the nine and the eight are the last two years. So 2019 or 2020 and 2021. So those two will definitely get, uh, the OnePlus uh, the Android 12 update. It's the seven that may end up being a little bit later on, because I think that'll be the last update for the seven. So we'll see. Uh hope you going da, da 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 let me see here i'm uh, seeing do you have any, uh, do you uh, do you have to buy an esim sorry i'm not sure how, how they work so the esim is not something that you buy but you activate so whenever you have a device that supports an esim pixel devices are a perfect example all you have to do is you contact your your carrier and you tell them that i have a device with an esim and they ask you for the imei for that device and they register it on the network and that activates the esim so you don't have to actually have a memory uh, sim card inserted into that phone the benefit of this obviously is the simplicity of this, right? You can activate the phone. We don't have to buy a SIM card. Sometimes that saves you some money. I think t mobile charges $25 for their SIM cards if you're not getting it with a phone. And um, it's easily activated. Now, some devices support dual SIM by virtue of single SIM, uh, physical SIM, and one eSIM. And those are also sometimes things you have to, to, you have to learn more about your phone and the market that it's in. Because sometimes that feature is turned off, and it's software-enabled mostly, not hardware, because the hardware is there. So the eSIM and the physical SIM slot are there, but it has to have the support for you to have the ability of switching uh, services, functionalities. It's usually actually a very explicit and needs to be uh, configured into the actual operating system. So keep something in mind there. But yeah, it's simply just call and activate. Uh, I think was it... Um, Google Fi was primarily doing that on all of their devices, especially with Google Fi devices. They activate on the eSIM side, not on the physical SIM. Um, Let me see here. Okay, here's a good question. So TK, what has been your favorite device uh, for you to use personally in 2021? It's a little bit of a hard experience. I'll say this, a couple of devices are, for, for me, I feel like they fall in the same category, right? Until I got the Xperia 1 Mark 3, I was rocking the Xperia 1 Mark 2. So that for me, I can say right now, the Xperia is my my one device that I actually would love to be able to spend the rest of my uh, in carrying over to 2021 or 2022 and experience there. The other phone I feel like was, was a little bit of a give and take for me, which I'm still kind of working with is the Pixel 6 Pro and the reason why I said I didn't say basically a single device because it's hard for me to say single I'm always running with two smartphones even if I'm not using even if I'm not testing a phone I'm always gonna be running with two phones because just for reference, I have two lines that I run, one for business and one for work, and I always have to have two phones. So for me, the Pixel 6 Pro and the Xperia 1 Mark III are going to be my favorite uh, devices. The 1 Mark III is going to be amazing for gaming, 4K 120Hz refresh rate display, great content consumption, great audio experience, uh, great speakers, a whole bunch of things. That I just can't say enough about this. Four camera, uh, four focal lengths, as far as going in with standard ultra wide and two telephoto options, very nice. Flip it over to uh, basically Google services and everything. The Pixel 6 Pro is also a very amazing device. Um, it doesn't have as much uh, specific features as we got on the other one, but it's great from what Google's trying to do. And they're just absolutely amazing pictures, just from a sense of when I don't have time to be able to compose my content and be able to basically set it up correctly for using it as an external monitor and so many different things. The Xperia 1 Mark 3 is absolutely one of the most flexible devices you can get for creation or for content creation and consumption. The Pixel Six Pro for me has been more of the run and gun running services, Google services, and everything runs 100% the way it's supposed to, and it just kept, keeps getting better. So, Xperia One Mark Three and Pixel Six Pro are going to be the ones for me. Um, the Find X3 Pro was a really, really close uh, runner-up, uh, but my only thing is be- when I when I realize I only have two SIMs to put my phone, my my two SIM cards to put in phones. Those are the two that end up stuck in, sticking there, but I'm still very interested to see what the Find X X4, Four Find X4 Pro will do. And I don't know why I, I was stuttering. It's just it's not out yet. Um. So um, okay, okay. So Stefan uh, Balaz is asking: Is so where is Google? So where is Huawei and Google at this point? Right now, there really isn't much going on. There's Honor, which has deviated and left, you know, basically separated from Huawei. And they're doing well. They brought back Google services. The Honor 50 is carrying that. Uh, And it was supposed to be Honor Magic 3 that was supposed to carry that as well, but hasn't really come out. And that kind of fizzled a little bit on its own. Um, When it comes down to what we have with Huawei right now, I think to a certain point, if they do end up outsourcing or licensing their mobile divisions out uh, to other companies that may fix their concern. Uh, But otherwise, sideloading has been the only way to get it running. And even when you do, it doesn't run exactly as it does on natively on on a device from Huawei uh, from Google at this point. So something to keep in mind. Um, Yeah, so Greg says, hey, I've been using it for a week on the Android 12 build on the OnePlus 8, and it works. And it seems like it's working really good. I think as long as you know what you're doing and you're comfortable troubleshooting a little bit, there isn't really much that you can't do with uh, unlocking the bootloader and going with a custom ROM. More than likely, you'll get better features, better support as these these ROMs or the developers for these ROMs are actually a little bit more interactive as opposed to where you're working with... um, uh, like you know, when you're working with a company on their so, uh, on their software support you're you're talking about a software department that nobody ever gets a chance to talk to. A ROM developer typically has a thread, has contact information. You're able to release, that uh, they're able to release, you know, change logs and so on, and you're able to actually contact them or even post issues if you have any problems and maybe help them improve the product at the end of the day. So think of it in that sense. It's more of a macro experience and much more personal. And at the end, you actually end up benefiting because it comes more functional and more compatible with other services that typically you don't get from an OEM experience. Let me see here. Da-da-da what <laughs> okay Dan hold on hold on Dan's like TK I have an Xperia 5 Mark Three on me um I'm pretty excited to get back um on Xperia app oh man okay see this I feel like we had this conversation with the Xperia 1 Mark Three uh back earlier in the year when uh, when it was coming out and the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, pretty much the same thing uh yeah see so it I'm hoping okay so I'll say this be it that it's available in the EU and in Asian markets, I'm hoping that it just means it's a small amount of time or a matter of time really before we get access to it here. So hopefully we'll be able to get some some exciting news and see how does the Xperia 5 Mark Three handle. If it comes any time at the end of this year, it'll make sense, but if it doesn't, it's probably going to go around what we had with the Xperia Pro last year, where it was announced. We got hands-on with it in 2020, but it wasn't actually available to purchase till early 2021. So we'll have to see what Sony does in the U.S. I I don't know. Um, it, It still has a very big space. It's definitely the smaller of the two. The 5 Mark II is definitely still one of my favorites. Uh, It's 1080p, 120 Hertz is pretty much going to be very similar there. The best experience on playing Call of Duty. So for you, Dan, definitely, if you want to fire up Call of Duty there, 1080p at 120 Hertz, because it will support 120 Hertz is amazing. So very, very nice. Um, Aditya, man, (laughs) the man, the myth, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel is with us again. Hey TK, I'm curious. Given the carriers subsidized uh, subsidize phones and kind of force into a two-year upgrade cycle, I'd imagine OEMs uh, would, rush to, would rush to get phones to the U.S., uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So we used to get subsidized devices. I'll say that. I'll say this: smartphones right now are not—they're not subsidized. Meaning we're not getting a, de- a discount on purchasing them from the carriers. They used to do that, and then. They stopped. What we now have is a financing, built-in financing ecosystem that supports it so that when we get into a new phone, we don't have to basically go in and pay this massive uh, device. Uh, they still do it in two steps. Depending on the price of the phone, if I'm think it was, if i not mistaken, and I can only speak to T-Mobile, if it's $800 or less, there's zero down and you just start making your monthly payments. It's roughly $30 to $40 a month. If the device is above $800, then there is a down payment, which is a non-refundable one. Meaning, if you'll say you're buying a phone that's $1,000, $200 down, and then you pay the $40 a month. So you're offsetting to bring the price down to around what their financing approach is. And that's what we've been doing. at and I think, still does the contracts. Um, if I'm not mistaken, somebody can correct me uh, if you have AT&T, uh, that if they still do that. But the contracts are no longer there. They're mostly uh, on the, um, if you're buying a phone and then they say it's on us, that's where the contracts are a little bit more. And those are the, su- the supplemented one. And they're typically done on new line activations so new customers. And they'll say, basically, we'll give you the new iPhone 13 pro max, whatever for free. And what they do is it's a two year contract and you end up being on a monthly credit from them. So they credit your account, the value of the payment that you're supposed to make for that two years. But they have you on a two-year contract so you're paying the rest of the service the phone th- uh, the phone service the accessories they also have a requirement for insurance which actually there's other costs that go up with it so at the end of the day they are still making their money but to answer what you're saying or the comment that you're putting out DT I-, I think you're right it would have made perfect sense for companies to come in it's the monopolization of the way our, our carriers have been doing things that's been driving oems a little bit hard the reason why Sony did not have 5G on the Xperia 1 mark 2 was because of uh, carrier aggregations in the US it's not that the 888 or the 865 don't support 5G in the US it's because they couldn't get it certified to be authenticated on their service and that was costing too much money they stuck to the 4G LTE they fixed that situation with the Xperia 1 mark 3 and now we have 5G support but again it's that conversation is what what is the approach and what deals do you have to make with the carriers and it's it's starting to hinder the experience we get as users uh, for for android devices. Uh, Apple seems to be immune from this because they're so high up there and very um, very much of the you don't want to work with us you just lose your subscribers kind of a conversation and people just do that. Samsung doesn't have that power yet and i feel like um, you know pixel still doesn't have that power. So we need to kind of see how things go. Um, as but it, it, we have to keep in mind is Oppo shifting the media tech. It's one thing sony focusing on on asia well keep in mind sony is based out of japan so it, it's focusing on the home turf for the most part it's the uh, you know china is primarily buying so many devices so they're like okay we're gonna feed it there because we're gonna work with that initial wave of everybody wanting to buy and and we'll start making profits there so we have to look at it in that sense samsung and apple are still going to be doing a lot more here in the u.s but i'm worried that that's going to kill a little bit of the competition that we normally have um on our devices um <laughs> Uh, which budget phone impressed you the most in 2021? Okay, so when it comes down to budget devices, there's a few ones. the 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 Nord 2 was actually surprisingly very very well built um, when it came down to basically just functionality and what OnePlus was able to do. It was the first one to kind of feature that that merged experience between uh, Color OS and uh, Oxygen OS. It actually does perform quite well. It's a mid ranger, still performed well. And I think the best one that kind of hits it out of the park for me is the Pixel 5A. The Pixel 5A features very similar experience to what we got last year, but we had better camera lenses, a large device, large battery. Uh, all of those things kind of fed into an experience that I feel like only Pixel or only Google can give you. It, meaning a device that runs a mid uh, mid-range processor but gives you a flagship experience when it comes down to photography. Uh, There's other ones, obviously the the N two hundred and the N uh, the N ten or the N the N two hundred and the N ten actually were also very nice. Um, Xiaomi was also putting out a lot of good ones, especially with the Xiaomi Mi 11i Uh, and also the Mi 11i, um, not the i, the Lite 5G was also one of my favorite, Uh, small, thin, lightweight, as well as great camera experience with Xiaomi software, especially with the MIUI software. So definitely a lot of good options there um finn's back with the android still has a lot to catch up um, with apple's software support my 2014 ipad software support will probably uh, end up on the same as the 2019 oneplus 7 pro um the biggest thing that we've had with with apple software support has been kind of a, a dual edge sword right yes they're great at updating hardware their their ecosystem is very big when it comes to software update they're, when they update software they update to any device that's supported it doesn't mean they always come out with no issues and there's no growing pains, but at the end of the day, you do typically get much better. Android, with the exception of a few manufacturer, and I'll say this, Samsung stepped up their game on the S series quite a bit with software updates. I mean, consistently getting updates from them on a monthly basis for their, for, their, for their devices. Now, mind you, may not be the perfect thing, uh, but Android has a long way to catch up. And I think it's mostly because... Some companies at a certain price point are not focusing on the software. They're pretty much focusing on how do we get as many units out of the door for fast. And once they do that, then they go into that, you know, every third month or so update cycle. They don't do the monthly process. I think it's not a bad decision. I think it's more about they need to be consistent. that they don't just, you know, drop off and suddenly no more updates kind of get pushed out and people are left in the cold after investing their money on, on a device. Pixel, obviously, no question, we'll get it every month. That's going to be Google's approach. And that's because Google's hand is in this. But when you get into other companies, you're right. It becomes a little bit, I mean, we have the fragmentation of Android as an ecosystem. Every version, every device has its own version of Android, the skin on top of Android. Um, and not everything is updated at the same level, and I wish they would be more consistent, because a real a realistic expect, expectation of users coming back to you is really li- made or uh, made or lost in the software. It's not made in the hardware. The OnePlus Nine Pro sitting in a case right now with a glass protector, I'm not looking and enjoying the, you know, how this device looks like on the on the inside, the, the silver coloring, absolutely fantastic. But what gets me here, it's the software. It's how do I use it on a daily basis? When do I get Android 12? When do I get my software updates? Android 12 right now is buggy on it. It's not running 100%. Battery is draining a little bit faster than it used to be with Android 11. That's expected. But what do we do? What what do we have to do to kind of get this conversation going there? Okay, Um, let me see here. Oh my God, Joe, definitely. You know me so i'll be very honest you know me team sony all the way ever since the beginning uh every time i get a new sony device i feel like really giddy and um i'm really really hoping uh that i'm so more camera conversations the a74 could be potentially mine very soon uh, I'm also very much, I told you guys I was selling the A7S III to be able to upgrade to that, and it's coming out on the 23rd, so I'm hoping I'll be able to get some hands-on with it a little bit and make a final decision. Uh, I was hoping to see some some Christmas sales, but uh, of course, still it's available, it's a little bit hard. Um, I'm planning, okay, so saying, I'm planning on using OnePlus as long as possible by installing custom ROMs, replacing the battery and or screen. And I think those are the experiences we we love doing if you're comfortable and if you're familiar with Android and ROMing and what XDA and everything that, that basically can be done on Android. One of the reasons why I am a big fan of Android, nothing against Apple, but it's just so many things we could do, especially with uh, the support of the community. So it's always, always great. Um, let me see here. Da-da-da experience Oxygen OS 11 beta. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Oxygen OS 11 beta first came out, and Android was uh, for the seven series, and later the Oxygen OS 11, uh, rolled back to end, it then beta. Yeah, so uh, OnePlus Seven had uh, the Seven and the Seven Pro, even the Seven T had a, a lot of growing pains going to Android 11. It was a big update, and it still had some issues. So yeah, going to Android 12 was never. It's never been a situation where it is it's it's just perfect, right? unless your phone is brand new you just opened it up and you got it out of the box and you're going through the update cycle for the most part that's the only time you can ever expect a smooth clear experience out of an update to a new version of android and this is why again i'm recommending if if you have these little growing pains at the initial release try backing up your data and reset it and start fresh you have a better chance of less issues less transferred library of content from one system to the other problems over on your system doing it this way, because that's 90% of where the problems are. It's optimizations from third-party apps and third-party software to the next version of Android. You know, you can update the software on your car or you update software on your phone, but everything that is released from the Google Play Store may not be up to run because developers are still focusing on their primary uh, market use. What is the biggest market usage for my app? If it is Android 11, they're optimizing it for there. Android 12 will work, but it needs probably a fresh install or at least clearing the cache and the, and the memory on it and then maybe having it rebuild the library. So that may fix the problem as well. Okay uh... the 5A 1MKBHD's Blythe camera test because the 5A is a great phone Uh, and at the end of the day when we look at it seriously I mean, there's hands down no question that Google wins the the prize for algorithmic and post-processing algorithms uh, built in on any smartphone because if they can do if they can do the magic that they do on a pixel three uh, a and a four a, those three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars phones, super, super budget smartphones, you know they can deliver on the six and the six pro and even the five a. So for me, it was a no no question, kind of an experience why that phone would win. It's an easy phone to use, simple, always up to date and you get the best software experience from Google directly and it gets better every time you get an update. The feature drops are alone worth it. Um, I just want them to unlock the, the uh, video out option so we can start using Android desktop mode. Uh, everyone uh, found over the Pixel 6 uh, speak recognition and uh, interactions but it didn't actually change the way you use your phone in any meaningful uh, manner. So. Yes and no. It depends on how you use your phone. For creators, for people that love using the speech to text, and especially when they narrate a lot of their content directly, I personally use that function every single time I'm creating a content because my video description typically ends up becoming where I'm coding my video and I'm doing everything on the screen and my phone is sitting on my desk in auto uh, recognition and I'm having it basically uh, dictate everything for me as I'm speaking to it. So it, it becomes a situation where it depends if you use it on a pixel ever since the pixel 4 where the assistant r- launches natively on your smartphone where it doesn't actually have to keep pinging the server that was also another faster approach where things are much more responsive much easier to run on device processing everything is very different on a pixel uh the rending and raving of people that you're talking about are obviously people that are using uh and maybe have lost this feature or maybe gained it by going over to a pixel it's very different and voice again like I said it depends on how you use your phone if you if you don't worry about if you don't do speech to text if you don't like to do uh, you know translations or I mean again having the ability of responding to my followers in Arab in the Middle East and the US from the same system without having to change uh, language on my uh, on my keyboard or my system is very beneficial for me especially when I want to be able to dictate in Arabic, it, uh, the actual recognition of the Arabic language for me has been improved going on the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro. Again, one of the reasons why it's Pixel 6 Pro and what we have here. And speaking of which, before we go too far, I just realized one thing. Uh, you guys probably have noticed that I have uh, custom skins. Let me see, can we get them? Yeah, here we are. Custom skins on both the Pixel 6 Pro and the Xperia 1 Mark Three. Both of these skins are uh, were provided to me from Extreme Skins. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, if you guys like to save some money on that, um, you can definitely hit them up extreme skins and then use the code TKBAY for 10% off your order. So again, very much. Thank you. Uh, I've been getting so much love on this one. Okay. Now, okay. Well, now, now it doesn't want to. Uh, Sony, focus on yourself. Come on. Nope, not happening. Okay, here. One. Nope. Not happening anyways so we got it focused on the first time it would have been nice to do it twice i've gotten a lot of good comments a lot of positive comments on that as well as the pixel six pro that i posted a couple of days ago we had a um an interesting evening an evening with the stars i would say uh, uh tarot card reading with uh google so that was very nice um so how do you have um for, oh i mean the the top camera experience depends on what you're trying to do Most cameras are. hmm, Sorry. Okay. Got it. That was driving me crazy there. Um, Most cameras, okay. Most cameras on smartphones, in certain situations, are going to perform very similarly. In really good, well lighting, uh, lighted, well lit experiences, very few cameras can take a bad picture. It's the great picture that you really want to be able to get that camera, that those cameras to perform. Google's processing, post-processing it just absolutely demolishes a lot of other companies. Uh, and that's one of the biggest reasons why we like uh, the fact that, you know, the GCAM mods can make made available for other devices. You automatically see the benefit. But one thing to keep in mind is there's also a lot of pictures that we see online that have been post-edited. You have to have a good editing app. Snapseed is actually a pretty decent app to do some content there. Juan and I talked about it on Thursday about what you can do to be able to get an HDR stack of, uh, applications to help you take multiple images and process it to eliminate background things as opposed to having to use uh, like a magic eraser or something like that. So yeah, absolutely. It depends on what you want and where the category that you're looking into. um, Mohammed, um would would we be able to, uh, to see Okay, I'm not sure uh, the question on that one. Uh, Oscar de Jesus is asking, "Hey TK, do you think? Okay, uh, hey, TK, do you think uh, uh, that OnePlus is going out of the European market now that they uh, mi- that they migrated or they're starting to integrate with uh, Oppo?" Um, it's hard to say. I'll say that, and I'll say it that way because it's it's a it's a marketing approach. OnePlus as a company may be more integrated with Oppo, but they're still standing on their own. And the approach to cameras, the approach to device, is starting to see that there are more than likely going to see a, devi- a deviation, a separation between what Oppo does and what OnePlus does. And it's been similar to that in the past. The Find X3 Pro and the OnePlus 9 Pro are very different devices, with the exception of internals, when it comes down to the uh, basically the processor, the display, and the technology there. But when we talk about the camera stack on the back, the the overall approach to the... Uh, the version of Android up till now has been a unique experience. You got Oxygen OS, which is typically tried to stay close to stock, and now becoming more Color OS, but it still doesn't really match. They're not really one in one. It doesn't make sense for Oppo to be able to kill off or at least you know merge in OnePlus and say, okay, you know we're going to turn off OnePlus. It's just everything going to be called Oppo. They like to be more experimental. The Find N is a perfect example. The Find X, uh, the the uh, the Find X twenty twenty one again a perfect example. The Find X three, the Find X four, the find uh, the original Find X with the fins with the Reno ten X Zoom. They like to experiment. We get almost a very different experience every year from Oppo, and that's what they're known for. OnePlus has been the tried and true consistent workhorse that we know every year will get a little bit better. It gets a little bit more expensive, but for the most part, it's a consistent way of upgrading forward on our device. So it's very different. And I don't think they will do that. I don't think they're going to be a a way of wiping one over the other. We need to get through that current transition phase. I think a lot of us are in shock and it is so. I mean, we're obviously rightfully supposed to be in that because it's a big change. But again, I would probably say I think Finn's comment earlier, which we, we mentioned in my video, um, is one thing you keep in mind. The, in, the Android 11 update to OnePlus devices was a shift away from co- uh, close to stock experience for us. So this isn't the first time. It's just this is another iteration with Android 12. Um, would we be able to see a foldable under 900? I think 2022 will be the year for that. Absolutely. Um, there are some things I. <laughs> I kind of said things and I don't know. No, um, let me frame my answer a little bit better. If in 2021, the the Galaxy Z Flip 3 was $999 and less than that if you had a trade-in, It is very realistic for us to expect with competition to see that price drop to below maybe 799. Uh, We never know. They may even have an a series of the Z flip, you know, something that Samsung is known to do that are more affordable. Again, if you just want to be able to get that folding experience, with somewhat of a small tailored experience to bring down the price. There's no question and I think the Z Flip will be the one to do it. They did compromise. I mean, the Z Flip 3 and the Z Fold 3 are foldable smartphones, but they're very different in the approach. Like seriously, pro users for the Z Fold 3 and very much a different experience for the Z Flip. It's really meant for more of a compact experience. I personally don't like the Z Flip. It's mostly a form factor. I don't like the fact that if I want to keep it open all the time, it, I feel like the display is not as as rigid as a regular smartphone. But if I want to put it as a clamshell, it becomes just too small. And I feel like it's something in between that it would have worked for me. And I feel like the Z Fold does that for me. So that's why I'm excited about the Find N. And let's say what Xiaomi has to do with one, what uh, not OnePlus, what Huawei is doing uh, with their foldables as well. Everybody's using the same ecosystem, you know, a folding clamshell in with an outer protective experience. I think the Find N does it best though. The display is much more functional and the internals mirrors a tablet experience. Okay. So Dominic saying it's TK, wow, I think the a7 IV is still a long wait. Uh, Sony said that they didn't expect that it would uh, have experience shortage as well. So I'm not sure if they're changing anything or any approaches to the pre-orders, at least in the US. But B&H in the U.S. changed their uh, delivery date from the uh, the 29th to the 30th of December. They're going to start shipping them out on the 23rd. So this is, it's happening, and it's happening very close. Um, Again, I I really don't anticipate people jumping on the a7IV as, well, I take that back. The a7IV is actually a pretty popular uh, camera, or at least the a 7 S3 was a very popular camera. Uh, I think the a7III, I take that back. The a7S III is what we're talking about right now. The a7 III was a very good camera. I think the a7 IV for me is more of my um, take it with me when I'm going to shows, cover events with it. It's because I'm able to shoot with it and you know the Sony uh, Sony system is really good. The biggest problem I had with the a7 III wasn't the fact that the a7 III was not a good camera. It's the flippy display. It's the ability for me to be able to see myself when I'm recording content on the go. In the studio, I have everything set up correctly. I can actually just flip it on. I have a bigger TV sitting here on the left side. I can see myself. I have a, another monitor here on my display because we're live streaming. But when we're recording content for videos, I need to be able to see how is how things are going. Am I in focus? Is it doing the seeking like the GH5 was doing and keeps pulsating every few seconds to, to try to keep focus on my face? Sony and Canon win when it comes to that. And this is one of those things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, I'm hoping there's no delays. Um, I do. Sorry, I had a conversation with somebody over at Sony and hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on on a, uh, a review, uh, basically a loaner. They don't let they, they don't send those things over to keep um, a loaner A74. So I'm gonna get a chance to play with it. Hopefully it shows up before uh, before CES so that I can do my content at CES with it. Cause that would be absolutely kick-ass amazing. Cause I would love that. Um, and if I do, I'll, I'll definitely be doing an unboxing and a and hands-on with that one as well. Um, Oh, Finn has the new Nord 2. I love that too as well. Oh, Pac-Man theme edition. Yes, (laughs) I like that. I I like the, so this is thing I like about OPPO and OnePlus. Very few other companies do this, but they release theme versions of their devices uh, for specific markets, like you know, the League of Legends Find X3, I think was definitely a really nice one. Uh, the Find, the Find Three, not the Find. No, it is the X3, not the X3 Pro. Um, and and of course, you know, Pac Man Edition, uh, the Cyberpunk Edition. I feel like those are always going to speak much better to uh, to fans. Um, it just kills me that ninety percent of the time, when you do that, you already have the original phone, so it ends up becoming, do I really want to sell this one to pick up a custom? It's it's a little bit of a hard conversation there. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, absolutely, man. And don't worry. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us, Joe. Hope you have a great rest of the afternoon, man. We'll talk a little bit more later. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Family comes first, as always. Davin Davis, sabaho, ahlan wa Good morning. Hope you're doing well. I know we're a little early. Um, just again, keep in mind, guys, from now on, it is going to be more of a, um, I guess the best way to explain it, is it's going to be Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So that's going to be the new timing of the show. Uh, Greg, what's the, what's the new rom of the week? Uh, absolutely great there. I hope you're doing well. Da, da, da. Okay, let me see here. I think I think of it like cars. Uh, Jeep is the, is the main brand, and uh, the sub brands, uh, Wrangler and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's always going to be BBK is, is really the the it, it, they're all BBK companies. OnePlus, Oppo, Vivo, all BBK, and you're going to get that experience kind of dictated there. So I don't think they want to combine brands. OnePlus has made itself a brand over the years. They've grown so fast by comparison to some of the other companies, but they're also very big. Uh, the other thing that we want to keep in mind is again, Realme is also kind of coming up pretty quick to a lot of companies that most PBK companies don't realize. Um I mean, their designs have been banging it out regardless. Like the Realme GT has had so many variants at the end of the year and they've consistently provided us great experiences. So the leather back on the GT, the standard one and the Neo 2 GT here, definitely having or continuing that nice look. Um, Speaking of which, if you guys have not had a chance, please make sure... um, enter yourself into this giveaway we're giving out a a, basically a brand new realme gt2 not this one since this is my personal unit Uh, it's going to be given out uh, just have to leave either a comment on this podcast or the last week podcast that we posted here on the channel the android bay episode 100 and 101 uh, for your entry and if you like to subscribe so that you know exactly when we have new videos or uh, when we make the announcement for new other other giveaways that are going to be coming up um, I'll say this: There is another giveaway I'm working on right now, and I can't say anything on it because I want to get it confirmed. Um, that is even bigger than the current one. <laughs> I'll say that. So maybe, maybe we'll be able to ring in the the new year with that one. I'm, I'm working on details for that one for sure. But again, leave some comments. Um, share it with your friends if you'd like. I'd love it if we we're able to grow the community here to kind of make it so that we have um, either A, monetization. It would be actually nice because uh, yeah, if you guys want to be able to do any kind of super chats or something, that usually helps having that actually running there. Um, but let's do this. Okay, it's about an hour and 10 minutes. I know we're getting close to the end, but I don't want to forget the main point that I wanted to talk. Um, we're going to focus about five to 10 minutes right now talking specifically about these two pairs of buds. The OnePlus 9, sorry, the OnePlus Z3 and Z Fold 3. So let's go ahead and do this. I'm gonna move my keyboard and we're moving that. I'm gonna bring you guys closer, whoop, pop right there. So OnePlus released two pair of buds in 2021. We have the OnePlus Buds Z2 here, the ones on the left. And we have the OnePlus Buds Pro on the right. Both are wireless solution to OnePlus uh, solutions as far as audio experience, and they both work great with OnePlus uh, devices. And the reason I say this is they're both, uh, they both feature specific features on uh, what is, what works best on OnePlus. On the OnePlus uh, Buds Pro here, we have LHTC finally available here now on OnePlus 9 with the uh, Android 12 update. Uh, We also have long battery life. uh, And we also, of course, have wireless charging, USB-C charging, a great case, minimalistic experience. But one of the biggest differences between the two is that this doesn't actually feature a touch sensitive experience. This actually has a clicker. There's actually a a little bit of a, I don't know, it's hard to show, but essentially as you pinch the, the earbud here to be able to click the next functionality that you're trying to do. Um, also, as I mentioned, wireless charging on the back uh, runs for about a 150 to 160 depending on the market that you're in. The Buds Z2 are slightly different. This is a touch interface to be able to control them. They both also work here. And the reason why they're functional here, they support low latency up to 94 milliseconds when it comes down to uh, audio playback. or not playback, gaming on a OnePlus 9 Pro. Now, I have both the videos for these headsets, independent videos, uh, linked for you guys in the description below here in the on the YouTube side. But the short answer, when we're looking at smartphones and we're looking at audio experience from OnePlus, which one is the right solution for you? I'll say this: if your solution, or if you're looking for great audio and um, basically great microphones, uh, you'd like, you prefer the, the experience of basically being able to click the the handpiece as opposed to the touch on an, uh, on, a, on a, a pair of buds with LHTC support on your smartphones, I think the OnePlus Buds Pro are gonna be definitely better. The audio representation, the audio playback is gonna be way better here. As opposed to where we're looking here for more of a gaming experience and still pretty decent audio experience. I feel like the audio on the Buds D2 are more bass heavy. They're definitely tuned to be a little bit more uh, bass heavy for rock dance and, and that type of experience. And again, if you activate game mode on a OnePlus device, you're able to configure them to play really good with low latency for mobile gaming on your smartphone. So for great audio, long battery life, wireless charging and click control, that's gonna be the Buds Pro. And when it comes down to low latency, long battery life, touch control, as well as the ability of no wireless charging on them, but again, uh, more focus on gaming and um, not necessarily higher quality audio. I think SBC or AEC are the only two options here. I think the Buds Z2 are definitely gonna be a great buy and an easy connection to any device, be it a OnePlus device or even iOS and Android. The main feature that we have here is LHTC and the low latency are OnePlus only devices. So um, t- so kind of like the, a long story or a long way of kind of circ- uh, bringing this back. If you're looking for great audio, go with the Buds Pro. That's just easy way to go there. Now, if you're looking for good audio and gaming functionalities with low latency, the Buds Z2 I think are actually gonna be a better experience. Both work better with the gaming mode turned on on OnePlus devices. But again, it's more of the what is focused. Uh, Android, uh, sorry, um, Bluetooth 5.2 supports much better frequencies and you're able to actually get better, lower latency. It's still not as low as what Qualcomm's gonna be able to do with their uh, Snapdragon sound functionalities going on with special headsets. But I think this is what we're gonna be going towards when it comes to wireless solutions over wired. Um, So definitely check out the videos in the description and hopefully this kind of answers the question of which one is the better solution for you. Um, They're both great. They both will fit in your pocket. They both really work very nicely. Um, And for me, honestly, I was very happy that OnePlus was able to send me another pair of these because I lost my pair, I, I lost my bud. <laughs> one of the earbuds that I had on my device uh, a while back and they, my, uh, my pairs ended up becoming basically a mono earpiece, which by the way, both of them can work mono. You can just have one ear in uh, and they all both have great microphones. So triple microphone configurations, great audio playback. So again, love, love to hear your opinions on the videos that we posted uh, recently there. Um, oh, and then uh, just to kind of get there, let me see here. Let's get a few more comments um do you game on your phone okay so i think this was a question for greg uh dominic one okay uh tk perhaps you might want to sign up for the sony image pro support uh you get sony camera uh loaners from them for free <laughs> well most of my loaners are free uh it's just that the the, uh, the period of time that i have access to them it's typically 10 days and it's very very short period of time if you think about it like um to, to live, especially with a camera okay because cameras are not something you use every single day you have to be in the right experience where you're going for me I, my goal was originally trying to get it to go with me when i was going to maui uh, not maui to the big island for uh, qualcomm because i felt like that's going to be very picture picturesque very um content heavy and i'm able to basically just use it and live with it for a good uh week a solid week with them uh, ces is not for another couple of weeks starting in the beginning of january so i need I guess the, the, the long story short, um, I will definitely check out the Sony Pro uh, support section and see how can we can work it there. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to basically, if it comes in, if I'm able to get my learner around the CES and use it for CES, that would be the best situation. So I hope that that works out. Um, has colored Oxygen <laughs> Ah, Devin, Devin, you're killing me with that one. OnePlus has colored the Oxygen OS uh yes definitely uh, i actually though that's why i named the video that i put out for them uh because it uh what's it again? OnePlus plus nine pro with oxygen os based on color os 12 not based on android although in reality it's oxygen os 12 based on ox color os 12 which is based on android 12 which again kind of goes into the conversation um Oh, Riyas is actually saying is I'm finally getting my OnePlus 8T. I always drop uh, uh, my phones, though. I uh, and, uh, Yeah, so you definitely you need to kind of take care of your phones. But honestly, the best thing I would say is for any OnePlus or any phone that you pick up, get a pair, uh, get a, uh, at least a pair of glass protectors for your phone. I cannot say enough about the amount of times I've dropped my phone where the glass protector shatters and the phone is perfectly fine. So a good case, kind of like what I have here, and a glass protector on the phone will always be, help you provide uh, better protection. It, they do the job that they're supposed to. And I think um, I've had a lot of comments in the past where uh, people will be like, well, my my glass protector broke and it, it's not working and this is a cheap piece of glass. Like, I asked them, first thing I asked them after that is when your phone dropped and your glass protector shattered, did your own device's glass, prote- uh, glass to get damaged? And they say no. And we're like, well, that was the whole point of the glass protector. It's supposed to shatter so that your phone does stay protected. There is, um, sorry, glass protectors or like plastic protectors that are on the market there that help a little bit with some drops. But at the end of the day, they can't stop as much on the forced impact where glass can actually absorb it before it transitions. So you have to look at the benefit there. Uh, But yeah, for Urias, I would probably say a glass protector with the AT would definitely be beneficial. Um, Antonio Luis is asking here, uh, have you tested LHTC with the OnePlus Buds Pro on a OnePlus 9 Pro with the new Oxygen OS update? Yes. Uh, So that's how I've been using them uh, with it. Although I've been testing out the Z2 for their experience, I've been enjoying LHTC, especially on Tidal with their mastered uh, audio. And I have to tell you, seriously. There is a difference. There's a uh, there's a very crisp, and I and I want to say you can see it. You could definitely hear the difference in the audio, the representation, the the performance. Uh, audio that's played back in mastered uh, audio, especially if you have the right subscription for it, you're definitely going to enjoy it. It's not as pronounced when you're listening to uh, streaming services that don't have high quality audio, or if you're not listening to FLAC files, because you're not pushing the uh, the the codec right. You're not trying to play. Uh, yeah, say a 44, 16 kilobits like CD quality audio, and expect it to sound like 96 kilohertz at 32 bit, uh, like what LHDC or LDAC is gonna be providing us. You need to have that high fidelity audio. So the answer to your question is absolutely, has it been better? Way better. Way. There is a big existing difference in audio between this, which runs an AAC and SBC and LHDC on the same device. And again, I'm using Tidal um, and I'm also playing uh, YouTube music, although YouTube's high quality doesn't hit the higher bit rates. I think YouTube is not focusing on it right now, Uh, but at least with uh, Amazon Music and Tidal, you're definitely not going to be disappointed. But yeah. Hey, TK, um, I'm asking something uh, unrelated to the video. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, of course. course. Um, Can we use more than 10x Zoom in a smartphone? Right now, the technologies that we have with the the zoom, the zooming technologies that we're having, depending on the phone that you're looking at, there is a very big limitation, right? So from an optical standpoint, a device that is this thin cannot have so many elements, a glass elements to be able to provide us that far range zoom. What smartphone companies have learned, again, thanks to Huawei, is something that you're able to do basically by putting your camera lens sideways to the phone and allowing the actual lens to go through a prism and then go sideways and hit the actual sensor on the left side now that provides you the ability of providing that depth and the amount of lens elements to be able to provide you that you know zoom level Now, optical zoom versus digital zoom that's also another conversation that we can talk about optical zoom will always be the best and those are the type of lenses that we need to get so very few companies have them samsung the s21 ultra the p series on 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 huawei devices and sony is actually starting to use that on their xperia 1 mark 3 although they're not using it to provide us 10x zoom they're giving us just a separate focal length you get 16 24 70 and 105 and that's the zooming experience but it's still not at the 10x so long story short it's really coming down to elements and how the technology is pushed. Now, is that something that we wanna be able to say, oh, well, this is definitely the way to go as opposed to digital, as you get higher and bigger megapixels, let's say the GN1 sensor, or even going in with a full-inch sensor, like on the Xperia Pro-i, the, the one that they just uh, released. I think it's those are the the ones that we can actually, even if we do a digital zoom, like at the 2X level, it's still much better. And you're able to basically take those images and then crop in from there. Uh, the long way of answering that question is, uh, can we go beyond 10? Yes. Uh, is it going to be requiring a few more advancement in the glass elements for mobile devices? Absolutely. Uh, the question though is what can we do and what do we really need for something to be more than 10x for us to be not needing essentially an attachment? Because you could buy attachment with cases that can get you more zoom level. Uh, it's more about realistically out-of-the-pocket do you how much thicker do we want the phone to be? Okay. Um, I, I, okay. I noticed that the H2. Okay. I'm not sure which one uh, really makes some good flashy looking phones for sure. Davin, <laughs> absolutely. They get, they're eye catching. That that's the biggest thing. They're, they're definitely very big eye catching. Uh, what are some of the, uh, good tech gifts under 60 bucks? I've been thinking about, uh, getting a small phone tripod. Um, you know what, for, for somebody that has a smartphone, like if obviously at under 60, you're not really buying a smartphone. You're more, more so accessories, um. I think you're right. A good tripod is actually a big thing for many people nowadays, especially with more vertical, you know, uh, content over basically the uh, horizontal experience. I think, honestly, we should always record video this way, but the shorts and the reels and everything else like is forcing us to do this. But when you're a single content creator and you want to be able to create that content, a good uh, handheld or portable tripod is definitely very nice. Um, I will say this, uh, prior to doing this video, I had, um, and this is kind of weird, but so... uh, I did a separate video on this, and let's see if we can expand it. I want to show you guys this This little um, here. Okay, come on, TK. You could do it. I guess I can, but I don't know if it wants to work. So let's see, can we do it? Yeah, here we are. So this is actually a tripod from Magic Stand, and it was a solution for smartphones to be able to work in any format. So an example would be here. Right, so this enables me to actually, and here we can even go further. Uh, we can use the OnePlus 9 Pro in, in any format and actually I can take it out. now say, make sure it magnetically connects. And it gives me access to the phone and it becomes very easy to do. So under 60 bucks, honestly, for an accessory that once it's collapsed, so here. It sits on the back of your phone very nicely i think the magic stand is definitely very good and it's about 20 bucks or so if you want to buy extra magnets it may get you into 30 40 dollars but it is very nice very easy and very nice strong magnets on the back and it doesn't damage the phone and it works with any case the main thing about it is this it's a mag uh, and if you want to you can always clean it up you put it on and it connects and it works just exactly as you'd expect and it stays very thin I hope hope that makes sense. Uh, The other thing I would probably recommend is maybe some uh, lens clip elements. You can also add those to get additional functionality into your smartphone. So those could be some nice options as well. Um, A lot of companies like Samsung and so on are running promotions on new phones, but it depends if you're actually looking to buy a new phone or augment your experience on that. Uh, Wait, is Matt in the chat? Matt himself, the Call of Duty (laughs) war. where is he? okay i, I didn't it, matt if you're in the chat man matt... oh yeah here he is. purposely gaming that's i, I keep forgetting because you're not under um <laughs> you're not under uh, matt tyler purposely gaming matt uh, the man the, the call of duty god uh had a chance to play a couple of games with him this week uh it was actually fun we got a chance to play in the pacific uh, map uh but it is very much a small experience right now and, and it's um a little bit frustrating a little bit with the guns uh, to be able to get the right ones for sure uh Finn, definitely. I, I'm glad I was able to help, that, help out there. Okay. Uh, overall, what we're looking at right now is a very different approach to foldables. And I think 2022 is going to bring that to us. Does it mean that Samsung's going to change their approach? Probably not. Samsung's pretty much going to be doubling down on their experience with the Fold 4. But what we're seeing, though, is A, the S22 is going to be launched very soon, the S22 series. Um, we're going to be seeing pen support on the S22 series, which is something that is different uh, for maybe other devices that we've seen in the past. The S21 Ultra had that support, but the pen, again, the experience has been different. This year, I don't know if the Note is coming back. I think the Note is for the most part now uh, a very much an experience on top of the S22 series. What Samsung's doing with the S22 launch is they made everybody that wanted to get a Note, new Note in 2021 wait the three months or so for the S series to come out. So you have that that group of niche market lovers that will jump on on the, on the S22 because they're looking into getting the next best versions of uh, of any device. So we'll have to see how those devices go uh we're looking obviously to see what oneplus is going to be launching oppo's big decision to shift over to dimensity over um you know qualcomm in their find x series with the brand new npu is a big difference the find n is also a big move in uh, foldables for oppo because this is their first foldable and i feel like they kind of hit it out of the park right out of the beginning at the beginning of the start because they learn from other companies that's a big difference when a company can learn to improve what's already out I mean, if, to give Apple credit, Apple doesn't necessarily invent things anymore, but when they do release something, they've done the research, they've done the work to make sure that it works perfectly in their ecosystem. And I think Oppo did that right this time, where they, they looked at it and they said, look, the Duo is a much better tablet experience because that's how it's intended to work. And the Fold is definitely a great folding device, which everybody's copying their design from. So how do we make it better? And that's how they got them together. And that's where the Find end comes in. Um, so that's what I'm excited for the most. Oneplus released the, uh, the uh, Oneplus Bud Z2, which I feel like it wasn't actually even, a re- uh, it was officially released in the U.S., but it's been out in other markets. Um, I think it's a great upgrade, uh, a very good uh, solution to what we've seen in the past, and I think it's great for gaming, again, great for gaming, great for audio, both work great on Oneplus devices, and they work great with other devices as well, it just, it won't get the highest LHTC, I think, on everything, uh, I want to say Xiaomi devices uh, do have that, but um, but definitely not on Samsung. I can say that much. Samsung for me this year, the S21 Ultra has been a disappointment when it comes to me. When it comes to audio, I feel like audio codec and audio representation, like even my Liberty three pros don't get LDAC on, on, on Samsung. I'm like, wow, uh, any other device, OnePlus, anything else I can get LDAC very easily, but just Samsung for some reason on the S21, no bueno, not happening. Um, uh, do you think the AT uh, with the regular uh, uh, with the regular forty one plus, but oh the forty watt is okay, absolutely. Uh, you have fanatic mode, which I think is the biggest one. Uh, the one plus buds Z are still on uh, on sale, so there's not going to be an issue with it there when it comes to audio. But the the updates that we have in here. Oh, on top of the fact I forgot to mention the IP rating. We have uh, water and dust resistance on them you're getting some extra benefits there. Uh, the audio is better than the original Z's when it comes just to normal playback. The controls are better. The IP rating is better. Uh, you have the ability of having uh, both SBC and AAC and the low latency turned on with fanatic mode. I think the, the reason why I'm calling it um, fanatic mode is the 8 probably doesn't have that update where it changed the game mode. Hmm. Thank you, thank you, Greg. I, I keep forgetting. Um, it's, it's been a very exciting show. Let's just say that much. You guys definitely, I'm hoping you guys can get the the level of excitement we're getting in here. Um, Matt's, uh, if only there was still someone who offered a good headphone jack. <laughs> Hold on, let me wipe this out. <laughs> uh, Sony uh, would definitely be a weird conversation. Um, so yeah, Dominic, it, it's been a weird situation. I I don't know why and I I've, I've even jumped in into the setting. The LDAC codec shows up in the setting. So here's the thing. If you go into developer options on any smartphone that you have, Android obviously. Um, and you want to know exactly what your headset that you are using can What's the best codec that it could use? What's the best bit rate uh, and uh, audio representation that you can get um, go into developer settings. If you don't know how to do that, just find the build number search for build in your settings, double click or tap seven times on that build. And if you have a pin code or something on your phone, put that in, it unlocks the developer options in developer options. Almost at the end, there is an audio codec for Bluetooth area. You can actually go in there and see what codec it's using. Like for me here on OnePlus 9, LHDC, ABC, ABC, AAC and SBC. Here we get pretty much um, just ABC and SBC. The Liberty 3 Pros have LDAC support. On Sony, on Samsung devices, I'm able to see the LDAC codec. I select the LDAC codec and I get out of it and where it's supposed to stay there, it's kind of like forcing it into that. And then um, it jumps within a couple of seconds and you notice it jumps back to SBC. And then uh, the audio never goes b- uh, higher than 44 at 16 kilohertz, uh, 16-bit, sixteen which is 44 kilohertz and 16-bit, which I feel, I mean, it's it's not bad. But when I'm buying a pair of headset and I'm paying over $1,000 on a smartphone from Samsung, does that make sense? No, I don't know. and But if, I'm sure if it was a AKG-tuned pair, pair of buds, it would play very, very nice. <laughs> Damn those ABCs. Oh my God, it is. I mean, keep in mind, there's so much... Acronyms, names, things, all of those things kind of come together. Um, TK sounds like you used to work for T-Mobile to me and Antonio Luis. Uh, You know, actually, I've never worked at T-Mobile, but I've been with T-Mobile as a carrier for almost 20 years now, which... Uh, it is basically one of the longest relationships I've ever had, which kind of when it gets there. TKB is very likely uh, there's a bug in Samsung that they need to fix it. Uh, so I thought so too, Dominic, except for uh, we've had since. So I, when, I, when the Liberty 3 Pros came out, which is literally about maybe a month or two months ago, we we're still on Android 11. I've gone to Android 12, two updates to Android 12, and the last update to Android 11, and it still does not fix that problem. I've actually kind of, for the most part, given up on that. I focus mostly if I want to listen to good audio on here. Wired experience is the best, and of course, audio experience runs very good on the Pixel 6 Pro. Uh, seriously, codec support uh, on, on this has been one of the best options. Uh, but anyways, it's that time of the show. If you guys are not familiar with this or if you're new to the channel, uh, it is time for the TKception. It is a part of the show that started a little over a year ago, uh, where we are able to do a little bit of a special, uh, little special look here on the channel. So for everybody in the in the chat, if you don't mind, we'd love it if you guys can drop us the hashtag TKBay, Bay. You'll start seeing some people turning in there and then we'll go ahead and start recognizing some of the some of our not only main contributors, but also some of our fans and friends that are hanging out with us on their Saturday, of course. Um, uh, Matt jumping in. So Samsung has no LDAC support, uh, no charger in the box, uh, some plastic back, no headphone jack, slow charging compared to what exactly people are expecting for $1,000 plus. Yes, and that is the premium Samsung conversation. And that's how we have it. Uh, it has been one of those weird, it's been really like 2021 for me has been the year of compromises when it comes to Samsung. And I feel like seriously, the S20 Ultra would would have still been one of my favorite devices. Faster charging, the cameras did get better with the updates that they were pushing out. And I felt like I still had more storage on that one without having to pay more money. Where on the S21 Ultra, I was forced because I don't have a way of putting in an SD card. The S20 Ultra still had that. So for sure, definitely very, very much. Um, So let's go ahead and bring this over here. Share screen. OK, so we're going to hit that one there and one, two, oh, timed it perfectly. So this is that part of the show where we do the TKception part of the Android Bay channel. Um, I need to get used to saying that a little bit more. Um, and you're, you can definitely see here, so Chemi Tor is one of our biggest fans. Uh, uh, definitely uh, been with us since for the longest time. He and I got a chance to play a little bit of Hangout uh, back at IFA a few years back uh, at an honor event. So hopefully that kind of picks up again at some point and we're able to see each other again. Uh, uh, TK Amigo, gracias amigo, uh, TK-ception, tk tk bay tk TK-Tesla-Bay. Uh, for sure, and I am actually due for uh, I should be doing a, an end of year review for the Tesla. How has my experience been owning a Model Three for the last I would say maybe ten months at this point? Uh, Greg, always thank you very much for hanging out with us. Greg, always being one of our uh, best guys as well. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark, <laughs> uh, and of course Aditya, the man, the myths himself, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel. TKception, TKR bay, TK Tesla bay Super Saiyan. Goku all the way, my friend, and he can keeping it the high quality conversation going all year round bay. Whoa. Okay. Thank you, Aditya. Always, always kicking it out of the park. Finn Jacobs. Thank you very much. TK Android Bay. Uh, yeah. The channel is up there. I'm again, focusing on both TK Bay, the Android Bay and Tariq Bay for Arabic content. So that's going to be the approach going on for 2022. A little bit of more restructuring that's probably going to happen in early in, uh, in January, maybe right after CES, but definitely uh, the big focus between these, these are the primary channels. Matt, uh, the Call of Duty God himself, TKception, TK, uh, TK Bay. TK is the man, the legend, the Don. The, 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 oh my God, Don, awesome guy. Uh, no Aditya so long. <laughs> you guys are just messing with me. Davin Davis, thank you very much. Always a uh, TK Roots Tesla. We are still working on that one. TK Sage Bay, oh my God, you you saw that one. Yeah, uh, the, that smell on Thursday just could not get out of the office uh just really really crazy Jimmy Fire Dragon thank you TKception TKCES 2022 I will be live I will be covering everything and anything that is going to be coming out um I'm also working on seeing hopefully if I'm able to get myself into MWC this year next year if the show does go on um I'd love to be able to kind of do it um with everything going on and going solo and no longer being part of the XTA channel as you know I'm no longer producing content there this has been a big difference a big change for me and um again a lot of things going on and hopefully uh Onwards and upwards, uh, of course, with your help, as always. Um, <laughs> uh, so one quick here, uh, just another reminder, uh, just as far as the giveaway, make sure you leave a comment. Uh, put to comment the video here so you can uh, so for everybody that uh, speaks Arabic that's following me from the Tariq Bay channel, that's pretty much how you'll be able to enter the, com- uh, the giveaway. Leave a comment on this channel and we'll be able to pull a winner next week on, on Friday, the 24th of December, not the 25th, um, just to make sure everybody's there. Uh, planning a Spider-Man this weekend. Uh, dude, uh, we just watched Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and it just became available for rental, and it's, it is crazy. And that end cut scene that we had in there, uh, talking about, uh, about Spider-Man, uh, yeah, made me very excited for Spider-Man and, and see if I can want to be able to see that. Okay, this has been, the formatting on my screen has been crazy. So with that being said, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to see how Monday goes a little bit for everybody that's uh, here and obviously follows Juan Carlos on the on the uh, Some Gadget Guy, Juan Bagnell on YouTube. Uh, he said he won't, he won't be having power on Monday for his normal show, so it may end up becoming more of a mobile show. So I don't know how he's going to be doing it. But other than that, we'll see you guys next Thursday for the best of our week, as well as next Friday for the Android Bay for that special timing because of Christmas be safe take care of yourself connect with everybody and your family make sure you connect with somebody that you know make sure they that you're taking care of yourself mentally and of course as always physically i'll see you guys next week take care bye bye for now and thank you for everybody hanging out with us today it was it was a